This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends. It's Annie Grace, and I am the author of This Naked Mind, and I'm here answering readers' questions. I got an email this morning from a woman named Charlotte. And she asked me a question that I wanted to kind of get on and answer right away because it's important and really at this time of year when you're trying to make changes, but everyone and everything around you during the holidays is just still holding up alcohol as, you know, the best thing. And so her question is, Annie, I'd really appreciate it if you could do a video, something around feeling low after giving up drinking, feeling the depression and other feelings that I've started to feel without my usual crutch having to face up to everything I've been numbing and not been dealing with while I've been drinking, how to deal with the sadness, the regret of the things I've done, the harm I've caused to my body and to others. Um, Anything you can tell me about this would be helpful. So first of all, I want to say something in general about the first weeks, months of not drinking. There's a lot of feelings that you're feeling that are totally chemical and they're not necessarily going to be, don't expect that this is going to be what you're signing up for, right? You're not signing up for this life of complete misery. And I know that it can feel like that at first because you're having this major time of healing where your brain actually has to get back in balance. So you've been feeding it alcohol. Your brain's been trying to maintain homeostasis, trying to protect itself. And it's been doing this in a whole host of ways. And it's been producing other counter chemicals, including dynorphin, that bring down the pleasure. And interestingly, you know, pleasure is one of the few things on the planet that we become tolerant to. And the reason we become tolerant to pleasure is because just like eating, you know, two dozen chocolate chip cookies, the last one is going to make you feel sick. Our body's trying to say, okay, no more of that. Let's steer us on the right path and, you know, get a salad before we eat the next chocolate chip cookie. But with something like alcohol that becomes addictive, we actually create a vacuum within our brains and our brain, if we're drinking every day, just can't continue to compensate. So when you immediately take the alcohol away, it's like taking the rug out from under something and your brain has to be like, okay, wait, I have to get back to my normal levels. And that takes time. And I actually interviewed a doctor about this because it was something that I was really curious about and a reader was curious about it. And I'll post the link to that video in the comments below because his response is just phenomenal in terms of what happens and how long it takes. But you should just know that a lot of what you're feeling now, it's not going to last. It's really because right now you are in a major detoxification, a major healing phase, and, and this is going to get better and better. And so the other thing I want to say is that it's going to be worth it. So no matter what you're feeling now, you know, I can say, you know, years down the road, it's, it's amazingly worth it. It's incredible. You literally regain the ability to, when you were a child, when you were a teenager, when you could just have fun without realizing, without thinking about alcohol, it literally takes a backseat in your life. It becomes small and irrelevant, but that takes time. And it's sort of an investment. You know, drinking, people say, and it's commonly said that drinking is like stealing tomorrow's happiness for today. And at the end, of course, we know it's not even that you're stealing happiness, you're stealing the ability to numb out tomorrow's negative feelings, and you're using that today. And then you have to steal a little bit more. It's almost like a loan shark with interest. Every day you have to do a little bit more because your body's trying to 
you know, build a tolerance and protect itself. And what you're doing now by having some time alcohol-free and letting yourself heal is you're investing in tomorrow. But that, you know, it comes at a price because you are healing. And I would say that, you know, it's temporary. And wouldn't you want to feel sick for, you know, and depressed or upset for a week, for a few months, if it meant that you were investing in just freedom and happiness and joy for the rest of your entire life. And so maybe flip your thinking, not that this is like, this is how it's going to be, because that's not true. Just in this is how it is right now, so that I can experience everything that's out there for me. And I will tell you, it will look different than you're thinking now, because it always does. And who we are when we're not numbing ourselves, when we're not stealing our brain cells, when we're not taking away from ourselves is different than who we imagine ourselves to be. But if you talk to anybody who's gone through this journey for many years, they almost resoundingly say, it's better. And I would echo that 100%. It's better than what you thought. And you come to know yourself and come to have to deal with all the stuff that you've kind of been, been talking about. So, you know, the regret, the harm you've done to others. I would say that right now is the time for just self-love and self-forgiveness. And when you hear these words coming into your mind, I like this trick I use is if I hear something or I start to feel really depressed or guilty, I say, okay, what did I just say? I try to rewind my thinking and I try to listen to the tone of voice. And usually, especially during my drinking days and the early days of not drinking, it was something like, Annie, oh, what the is wrong with you? How could you have done that? And like, I would listen to how I would talk to myself. And I came to this realization that how I was talking to myself, I wouldn't even talk to an enemy that way. I would have too much common courtesy. I wouldn't even talk to a stranger that way, much less somebody who I love. And I mean, self-love is such a cheesy thing in a way, but really you're all you got. And so if you aren't putting yourself first, it is the most selfless act you can do to put yourself first because once you are whole, you can start to take care of everybody else in your life and then you can start to give of yourself. You can't give of yourself when there's nothing to give because you haven't invested in yourself. So really try to pay attention to how you're talking to yourself. And if it's this negative mean way, simply becoming aware of that is huge and powerful because once you're aware, you can be like, oh, okay, <laughs> that, that wasn't very nice. You know, yes, I'm feeling a little bit of regret. Yes, that was not the best thing, but that's not what I'm doing today. Today I'm making a good decision, and today I'm, I'm doing this. And really, really try to focus on, on what you're really doing well in your life. I would say, um, the last point I'm going to say is that, you know, being at this point of knowing you must change is a really scary point, and it's a really beautiful point. And I think it's scary because you know something has to change and you don't know what that looks like. And especially when you're in the early weeks and it's not feeling great, you don't know that it will ever feel great. It's very hard to imagine feeling happy when you're depressed. It's very hard to imagine, you know, not feeling nauseous when you have the flu and you're nauseous. It's, you can't really do it. So you don't know what to expect. So there's some fear there. But equally, um, you're you're doing something for yourself that knowing you must change is this really powerful, beautiful time because the truth is you will change. And it might be with this 
attempt or it might be with the next attempt. And the real question is how many times do you want to go through this again? How many times do you want to go through the first weeks, which are the hardest, the first months, which are, you know, a little less hard the first year. And then once you get past the first year, once you've gone through the entire calendar event and stuff, I mean, things, it's just different and it's, it's amazing. And so you will change. You are at this point, you're watching these videos, you're asking me these questions, you're reading these books, you will change. The question is, how much pain do you want in that change? And I think that can really give you some resolve to say, I don't want to be doing this again. I don't want to go through day eight again. I don't want to go through day 10 again. You know, this is going to be you know, my last one and, and sort of doing that. Equally, on the other side, there's this woman, um, she does coaching for this naked mind. Her name is Jolene. And she, when she was attempting to quit, she put herself in a massive timeout. And she said, this is a huge timeout. This is going to be at least six months. And if I end up drinking again, I'm going to see how it goes. But if it doesn't work on that second attempt, then I know that I'm going to be done. And just giving herself that little out kind of gave her hope to get through it. So it kind of depends how you get through it. Um, but finally, I'll say very tactically, you know, distract yourself, watch movies, you know, make a list of all the things that you've wanted to do, painting, you know, reading books, read a lot of stuff, just distract yourself from some of those feelings instead of dwelling on them, because the guilt from dwelling on them, that's just going to send you back to numbing yourself and, and just give yourself a break. Say, you know, maybe I'm going to put this aside. I'll deal with some of that guilt and some of that regret later. But now's not the time. Now's the time to be gentle. Now's the time to be caring. Now's the time to really distract myself, allow myself to heal, and you know, find some community. I mean, online right now is amazing. There are so many good groups. You know, there's thisnakedmindcommunity.com, which is like thousands and thousands of people now who are going through the same things who you can put questions out to. There's Hello Sunday Morning, there's Club Soda, there's One Year No Beer. Um, and then there's some really great blogs. Hip Sobriety is a really good one. And there's just amazing things and amazing resources out there to find people who have done this before, who are in the throes of it, and who are really, you know, going to be in your corner when you reach out for help. And that just can really be helpful to make sure that this is the time that it sticks. So anyway, thank you so much, Charlotte, for the question. I hope you have a really good holiday season. Stay strong. And again, this is Annie Grace answering questions for This Naked Mind, answering readers' questions. So if you have any questions, feel free to send them to me, message me on Facebook, or email me at hello at thisnakedmind.com. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.